Well, tonight we're gonna have a pizza party. Pizza party, pizza party, pizza party, pizza party, pizza party, pizza party. Hello, welcome to another episode of Gimme Pizza, a Mary-Kate and Ashley podcast. I am your host, Amity Hansen, and on this week's episode, I have Eric Lutz on. You guys, I mean, come on, top three TV dads. There was Bob Saget. We had, you know, there was Danny Tanner. There was Kevin Burke. And there was Jake Carlson. So, and he was also Jerry Staten in Switching Goals. I mean, come on. This is a prime TV dad that I had the privilege of talking to. I will say there was, you know, we had a bit of a connection issue. This was obviously a remote episode. So just be be aware of that while listening. I did what I could to get everything aligned as well as I could. And there is a small break in the beginning where it, because it cut out, the audio cut out, and he's just telling me about his beard. So if it, he asked me if I liked his beard, and I did like his beard. Um, so yeah, so there's just like an awkward pause, and I just wanted to tell you guys what that was about. Um, but yeah, so enjoy this episode. It was so much fun talking to Eric, and... Um, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please follow the Instagram page. I have a new website, mkapodcast.com. And, uh, but yeah, you know, enjoy the episode with Eric. I don't really have any more business. Buy merch if you want to on the Etsy store. Um, follow Eric on Instagram, obviously. And yeah, I mean, that's it. And I'll have another episode for you guys next week. Sorry for the delay. Okay, here it is. Hi. Hey, Amity, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'm sitting outside because I really, I forgot about this and I had alarm <laughs> off. And then I saw your email and I was like, oh, I don't want to dress my place up, so I'll just do it outside. <laughs> well, it looks beautiful out there. Where are you at right now? I'm in Narragansett. That's part of the Narragansett Bay right there. It's okay. Is that Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy that you are able to um, be on the show. It's really awesome. Thank you. I'm so happy people still remember me. <laughs> oh, people remember. You're definitely one of the, the, the great Mary Kane Ashley dads. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, it looks good. It's looking good. <laughs> I, I put some mustache wax in. Oh, I love like, it. You know, I paint. I paint full time now. I have an art career. And uh, it kind of goes with the artist image, I guess. But everyone's asking, are you going to keep it? And I said, well, you know, if we get offered a really good film and I need to shave it, I, I would. But I'll, I'll have it through the winter. And then one day I'll wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to shave my head and my beard. And that's it. It's a <laughs> Well, it definitely goes with the artist in the woods persona. I love it. Pretty much, yeah. 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 So where are you? Um, right now I'm in Arizona. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona right okay. now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm usually cool. in Portland, but because of COVID, I moved in with my parents and then that was yeah. annoying. So I came back to Arizona where I'm from and I'm staying in a friend's guest house. Okay. 
fun. Yeah. Um, so Portland, Maine or Portland, Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, ask away. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, well, I just would love to hear how, you know, you got started in acting. I know you were in Caroline in the city, which I was a, also a big fan of, not as much as, uh, uh, you know, a, a fan of the Olsen okay. twins, but <laughs> I just love to hear you, how you got your start right. in acting. Right. Well, uh, I grew up painting. My dad was a painter and I always thought I'd be a painter and he was very successful, but he wanted me to paint exactly like he did, which ironically is very much what I'm doing now, but I wanted to experiment with different kinds of art. And he, he as much as he encouraged me, he kind of squelched the, the desire to do it. So I thought, well, to hell with it. I'll just become an actor. Cause I was always a, a big ham bone. And we didn't, we didn't have a drama department in my school, my high school, but my fellow uh, cross country buddies and track guys were a bunch of ham bones. And we would do these Monty Python sketches for like school assemblies and had so much fun performing. And then I got my first play the summer before I went to the University of Rhode Island and I loved it. I was hooked, became a theater major, did every play I could, did community theater, everything. Then just started getting gigs up in Boston because it's only an hour, hour and a half away. And then I went to New York and started getting soap gigs. Started, they didn't do a lot of TV in New York at the time. So this would be back in the early 90s. I would get put on tape for stuff in LA, but because it wasn't digital yet. So they'd send out these VHS ta tapes via FedEx and it would take, you know, 48 hours to do the whole, you know, everyone see it and get a response. So my agent, everybody that was, you know, kind of coaching me said, you need to just be in LA. So I went to LA and within a month of landing in LA, because I had established myself as a bona fide New York actor, a lot of the casting people in LA knew who I was from my work. And I got called into Frasier and I got this part in Frasier, which totally blew up my career. It's 1995, I was playing a gay man on a hit TV show and a lot of even gay actors wouldn't touch it. And I thought, hey, roll's a roll. I, I'm not gay, but I'm also not a murderer. I play <laughs> yeah. murderers. Why, why can't I play, play a, a guy who just likes other guys? <laughs> I, I just... And I grew up being a real jock and everything, but I guess we were pretty open-minded because I was like, what's the big deal, you know? And mm -hmm. so that really put me on the map. It won all kinds of awards, Emmys and uh, GLAAD awards and uh, DGA awards. And that really put me on the radar. And then I just started guesting on every show there was. And the second time I was on Frasier, David Hyde Pierce saw me reading a pilot script. And he said, what are you reading? I go, it's a, a pilot I'm doing up in uh, Vancouver. And it was actually a backdoor spinoff on that show, The Commission, with Michael Chiglis, before your time. And, uh, the good thing was it was a non-exclusive pilot. Usually when you do a pilot, you're locked into doing that show if it gets picked up. So he said, oh, my God, don't get committed to anything because uh, Marco Panat and Fred Barron and Dottie Dartland really want you to be in Carolina City. They're friends of mine. It's going to be a great show. So when pilot season came, I thankfully kind of got to pick from a handful of shows and I picked Caroline and it took off and everything kind of just kept going uphill from there and then uh, I did a film with the Olsen twins before I even knew who they were I, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't have kids yet or my daughter was just one I have two kids or Abby's 22 and Ben's 20 now so Abby was like 14 months old and it was hiatus from Caroline and my agent called he said hey I've got a script for you it's a really good script it's a family show 
shoots up in Toronto. It's, you know, there's a lot of money. And I, you know, I starting a family. I'm like, oh, I'll take it. He goes, well, don't you want to read it? I go, well, if you think it's good, I'll send the script over anyway, but I'll read it. Who's in it? Oh, the Olsen twins. Well, who's that? Like, I didn't know. I didn't have kids. But then when he explained, it's like, oh, those girls. Okay. <laughs> so I did that. It was a lot of fun. And then a couple of years later, they were doing their last, what was to be their last series. And they offered me the role as Jake Carlson. So one of my odd claims to fame is I've played two different dads to the Olsen twins. <laughs> so did you have to audition for so little time or did they just like give you the role? Well, I got the offer for the film, Switching Goals, but when it came to so little time, uh, it wasn't quite an offer. I had to go in and read with Claire Carey, who played mm -hmm. the mom, and they were in the room, and it was just, you just know when you walk in, it's just a formality. I thought, oh, I'm going to be doing a show with the ABC family for the foreseeable future. Yeah, well. So it was fun. It was, it was a fun, fun gig. That's awesome. I know that a lot of people were, you know, they asked me, I, you know, I told my listeners that I was going to be interviewing you. It was so exciting. And they were wondering, you know, what your favorite moment was working with the Olsen twins. Uh, gosh, they were a lot. They were, they were a lot of fun to work with. Um, some of the funniest moments were of an adult nature when they like dismiss the kids for the day and then they come back and Oh, I just lost you. What did you say? Like Taylor and Ann and I, uh, man, and we had this banter, and it was pretty, like we'd pick on each other. But uh, just the banter I had with uh, Taylor Negron, who uh, played Manny, and it was pretty adult humor. Okay, yeah, he was great. He was great. I was so sorry to see him go, you know. And um, yeah, we had a lot of fun together. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the best moments was were they sometimes just as kids do, they would get into laughing fits, and they would. They would do some like um, some I don't know. They'd flub a line, and then they'd just get the silly willies and just laugh. <laughs> and then it would go through the whole set. Everyone would laugh. And finally, <laughs> Rich Carell, who directed most of the episodes, would say, "Okay, it's serious, you know." But the takeout reels, the blooper reels from that show, were a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Probably. Oh, oh, a moment. Yeah, I, 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 they definitely have so many yeah, for yeah. the show. Which, which every show has. I mean, everyone, you know, everyone makes mistakes, you know what I mean? And in our business, you get mm -hmm. to just do it again until you get it right. But uh, we yeah. were having lunch once up at uh, Universal City Walk because we shot at Universal Studios. And we took, grabbed a golf cart and Claire, Taylor, myself, and the girls went up and uh, we got lunch at some restaurant. And we were talking about that so we had a hiatus week coming up. And they said, uh, whoops, did I lose you? Oh. I can see, I can hear you. Okay, there we go. Is that better? I can see you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like there is a little bit of a lag. Okay. I can see you, yeah. All right, well, we'll do the best we can, I guess. Can you hear me though? Okay. Yeah. So, any, so anyway, this long involved story. The five, so the five of us went up the hill to a restaurant. We're having lunch together and the subject of the hiatus week came up and so we're doing for a week and I, I said well you know i had a little house up in the local mountains about an hour hour and a half out of la and i said oh, i'm gonna take the kids because now i had two kids by this time and my ex-wife we're gonna go up to the uh the mountains for a week and taylor said oh i'm gonna go to um i don't know he was going to new york or something to see friends claire said oh i'm gonna go to uh santa barbara and see family what are you guys doing I don't know if it was a private jet or what, but they're like, 
overtaking the Gulf Stream to like Lake Geneva and <laughs> going to like being <laughs> or space like of course you know un- <laughs> unvital <laughs> but it's just a different different world you know yeah oh yeah I bet I mean they were so young but they had so much money <laughs> they were living the high life no but here's a Here's the thing that a lot of people don't know. So I was named Jake Carlson. The name Jake is the name of their little brother who also went to preschool with my kids. Oh, my God. And the typical. So I kind of knew Dave Olson just from seeing him at parent-teacher things and, you know, picking kids up after school. That's so L.A. You know, you go go to, like, I coached all my kids' teams. And there's always, like, I was coaching football with Thomas Calabro from Melrose Place. And it's just, oh, it's Tommy. It's uh, this kid's dad, you know, and it's just. And there was this, this guy that was in the stands all the time, one of the dads, and he kind of looked familiar, but wasn't sure who he was. And we're talking one day and he introduces himself as Robert. And then I go, oh, okay, Elijah's son or Sam, I forget the kid's name. And he walks away and someone's like, uh, you, you know Robert Townsend? I'm like, no, you were just talking to him. Like, oh my God, that was Robert Townsend. Like that's so, it's just so everywhere, you know? I love that. That's so Los Angeles. I know I talked to, um, I just talked to another girl yesterday who was in one of their movies and she said the same thing that it's, you just know everyone in that circle. Well, it's funny, you know, it's not, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, we did a hundred episodes of Carolina City. We did, I think 22 episodes with them. Um, and you're doing other stuff all the time and I'm not good with names anyway. I never forget a face, but you know, um, and it's funny, their, their mm-hmm. deal with the network was insane. Usually you get like the first nine and then the back 13 or whatever, and, uh, or 14, whatever. And um, their deal was they, they gave them an open-ended deal to do a show about whatever they want because they had a locked-in following. And the network, they finally had to come up with a number. So they gave them an order of 66 episodes, which is unheard of. And we'd still, we would still be doing that show today if they didn't cancel it because they just, you know, when they were turned 18, they just wanted to do their own thing. And I, I can't blame them. Yeah. I mean, I love acting. I still do it when I get offers. But the past couple of years I've been in Rhode Island. I, I paint. I show all over the place. I'm selling my artwork. And I love it. And I come out of seclusion to do a short or a feature film or whatever, but I, I get that there's other things in life, you know? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, they were done. They turned 18. So the show they, wasn't like, canceled because of like low ratings or anything? Mary yeah. King actually just didn't want to do it anymore? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, that like, I never knew that. <laughs> I always thought that no, it was like, no. The show, like, it got canceled, but they could have done more. I mean, they already made their billions of dollars. That's that's like a new, new thing. Oh, fun! Yeah, it was a lot of fun to shoot. I gotta say, we we had a lot of fun on it. And uh, one day, Taylor was just getting snippy about some. Oh, you're frozen. And I said, "Do this gig in the world. We're fun. We work with fun people." He goes, "Okay, am I still frozen? Same when I unfreeze. I'll start moving around." So anyway, so, t- okay, so, so Taylor was just, you know, we all have bad days. And when I called him on, I said, what's the deal? He goes, well, you know, I've done all these big things. And I went to school with like this one and that, like big stars. And they're all doing like huge features. And I'm going to show the Olsen twins. I go, huh, 
I went to school with guys who were fishermen in the North Sea in the middle of February, and I'm doing a show with the Olsen twins. And he said, you know what? Thank you for that. I needed that check. And I go, dude, come on. It's an easy gig. It's fun. Pays well. Learn your lines. Don't bump it in the furniture. Have a good time. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad that they paid you well. I was surprised. I'm surprised to hear that switching goals you got paid well because I know those movies were so low budget. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, the, the film I did for them was what I considered a lot of money. And it, and it actually, mm -hmm. it is a lot of money. And their series didn't pay as well as like primetime yeah. networks. But considering we would get paid per episode and we got, we got to do, we would do an episode and a third every week. So we would always do four episodes in three weeks and then have a hiatus week. So your weekly goes up more. Um, so being, you know, Disney and stuff, they cut corners and everything. So residuals weren't great or anything. But again, I, you know, I painted houses and did construction to get through college. So this was like, it's all fun, silly money. It's silly. Yeah, no, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the experience of being able to say you work with the Olsen twins would be really fun. Do you get recognized or anything like on the street as the, the dad from so little time or switching goals? No, yeah, I, I still do. Not so much. It's never been so much that um, definitely with younger people, it would be like people your age. Jeez, younger people. I sound <laughs> like, you know, stay off my grass, you kids. It's like an old man. But um, yeah, I get it more for Carolina City, Frasier, um, a lot of those, and like How to Get Away with Murder and just those shows. But uh, when I do get recognized in the Olsen Twins work, it's like the Olsen Twins followers, and I don't mean this in a bad way, are fanatic. They're rabid. They're like, they're like Red Sox this fans. True. They're just like above and beyond, you know? So that's like a real thing. Like it, I do a yoga class in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And there was this girl, younger girl, like your age, you know, when I know the teacher and I hang out with her. And one day she came up to me, she's like, oh my God, are you the same Eric Woods that was Jake Carlson and Jerry Stanton with the Olsen twins? I go, yeah. Oh my God. And after that, it's like never been the same. Now I'm almost like. That's awesome. I'm, that's. It's fun. That's great. I, I'm glad that it's, you know, Mary Kate and Ashley fans aren't like too stalker-ish or crazy, though. No, 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 no. It's, it's all good. Uh, do you have any favorite memories like working on Switching Goals? Yeah, there was, uh, my dad came on. My dad was just getting sick with cancer. He died a couple of years after that. But he came up to Toronto, spent a few days with me. I flew him up there. He hung out in my trailer. While I was working, he'd come to set. And a typical thing, people really want to come to set. They think it's so exciting. And then they're always like, I'm kind of bored. When are you guys going to do something? I'm like, yeah, it takes time to shoot these things, you know? So at the lunch line, we're going through catering. And my dad's coming back to his to our table. And he, he tripped and fell and dropped his tray. And my dad was a very proud man. And he was laughing it off. And everyone's checking on him. And you could just tell he's, like, mortified that he made a scene. So I get him some more food. We sit down. And then they came over. And they just put their hands on my dad's shoulder, like, oh, Mr. Luce, are you okay? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And you could tell inside. I know my daddy probably hurt himself terribly, but he was trying to be all cool. And they were just very sweet to do that. And, uh, yeah, that was a fun memory. Oh, that's good. Did you, yeah. do you think you liked working um, with them when they were younger more or older? Or 
definitely when they were older because I, I could relate to them more you know and I was mm-hmm. giving them driving tips because they were learning how to drive and everything <laughs> you know when I first started working with them and uh yeah I mean they were they were the more um uh kind of easier to relate to maybe I will say that my first time the very first time I met them I checked into my hotel I forget which one it was some nice hotel in Toronto and I it's about seven or eight at night and you know I like to work out and keep fit and so I go down to the gym I'm gonna work out for grab some dinner and they were in there with their uh, this woman Jill was like their wrangler yeah and they're both on treadmills just busting it out and I walk in, I, like, they looked at me, like, hey, you must be Eric. I'm like, yeah, how you doing? Good. And I go, you enjoy your workout. I'm like, geez, <laughs> they were like 12, you know, they were really driven. That's... They were just really like, holy crap. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, did, um, who was your favorite twin to work with? Did you have a favorite at all? <laughs> I, I couldn't ever tell them apart. I'm so really? bad. <laughs> I go, hey, twins. I grew up with a good buddy of mine. He had uh, twin sisters. And he would, same thing, just call them twin. And I, 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 I did. I did. At the end, you know, Mary-Kate, I could tell. One of them had a, a molar. I think it was Mary-Kate. Sounds horrible. But, but after, you know, when I would really talk to them together, I could always tell them apart. But if they weren't together, it was a little harder for me. But, um... And, you know, I'm not sure they'd even recognize me if we ran into each other in New York. And people are always like, oh, do you keep in touch with Mary-Kate and Ashley? I'm like, yeah, I had their number. Uh, we get together for lunch whenever <laughs> I come to New York. It's, it's not like that. I mean, they're great. I'm sure, yes, if I saw them, I would go say hi, give them a hug. And, you know, I might have to say, remember me? Like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that, you know, always knew his lines and uh, liked to improv and drive everyone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what was, like, the set culture like? Was it different than maybe working on Caroline in the City or Frasier? Uh, yeah, well, Frasier is very, it's so, uh, it's just, it was such a sharp show. It was so intellectual and highbrow and yet accessible to everybody. Uh, and there was a real, it was a real uh, well-oiled machine. And so was Caroline, but we were, we had fun on Caroline. I mean, those outtakes were the best because we, if we went off the rails, we just kept going. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'd use the outtakes because, they were funnier. Um, it was a little different on so little time because generally a younger cast isn't as maybe confident with the mistakes. And, you know, us older people were like, oh, go with it. Just stay in it and keep going. Don't cut. Keep it rolling, you know? Uh, so there was, there was that difference. And, you know, I would, I, you know, I got a sailor mouth on me. And, you know, I would find myself editing my comments when the kids are around because, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Right. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Did you have like a favorite um, person to work with on so little time besides, you know, not being able to tell Mary-Kate and Ashley apart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Claire and I had great chemistry, the mom. Yeah, you really Carrie. did. And when we were, I mean, we were, had this absolute attraction for each other, but, you know, I was married. She had just gotten married. But when we would have kissing scenes, literally, I think it was, uh Seagal, not Katie Seagal. Gosh, what's her name? Jamie Seagal? Who come to me, one of the directors. We had a kiss and she goes, okay, guys, a little less passionate. This is a family show. We go, okay, like we didn't realize, you know. (laughs) That is so, so there was, like, yeah, so that's, that's spicy. Spicy little 
thing to know about the true chemistry of of the parents on so little time. Because Claire and I, about six months before we got so little time, were both on an episode of Valley McBeal, and we were playing a couple that was going through a horrible divorce. So that was kind of funny. So we already had a little bit of history. And uh, so that was kind of neat. You kind of work with a lot of the same people if you're in there long enough. Mm -hmm. Was it hard working on a show that was mostly for kids or was it just like another job for you? Uh, It wasn't just another job because I always, you know, pick jobs. I mean, it was a time when I could pick jobs. I'll do this one, but not that one, you know. And and I like this one. And, And the fact that I had kids now, I thought, well, you know, I want to start doing stuff that my kids can watch. And so that was a lot of fun. And we still had a lot of fun. We would, we couldn't, we tried shooting in front of a live audience for about two episodes and their fans were just so crazy. We, it, it, the noise was a problem. They, they wouldn't stop clapping. They were just their minds. So we switched a block and shoot thing. So then we would shoot them out by early afternoon, all the scenes with girls in it, we, we'd get that done. And then it was the grown up scene. So these scenes between Claire and Taylor and I or any other adults. And like Cheryl Hines uh, had a recurring on that before she got Curb Your Enthusiasm. So we'd shoot those scenes and then it was like a different show. It was a very different show. Like it, the energy was different because now it's all grown ups. We kind of let our guard down. And the guy who was the prop master, there's a saying in film, when you get the last shot of the day or night, it's called the martini shot. Because back in the day, they used to mix martinis and at the end of the day, they'd have a martini on set. So this guy, Bobby, who was our set guy, he would he had a cart and he had it, like a bar on it. And truly martini was, he would, we would shoot the scene and he'd come out with a cart and we'd hang out on his set and have a cocktail before we went home. Oh, that's awesome. That's so, so that fun. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I don't want to get anyone trouble here, but. So, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet so little time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know that it was not shot in front of a studio audience for most of the episodes. We we couldn't handle the crowds. We were just too fanatic. That they were trying is... to climb over the rails at curtain call and they would just be like giggling during the shoot because they're like, Oh my god, it's very Kate and Ashley. It was just it was a sound issue. It was just too much. And this way it enabled us to get more episodes done per mm-hmm. week as well. And when they told us that, hey look guys, now that we're blocking and shooting, we're gonna try to squeeze more work in per week. So hope you don't mind, but we're gonna do an episode and a third each week. Anyone have any problem? Of course, I raise my hand. I go, anyway, we can shoot the whole season in a week? That would be great. Because <laughs> we get used to already done well over 100 episodes of other sitcoms. And you just get used to just shooting from the hip, being real loose. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot of work done in a day, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't go for that idea, but uh, it was still, you know, it's fun to shoot an episode in a third a week. Yeah. Did, was it, do you think because Mary Kay and Ashley were still young and they had, they couldn't be on set for as long or was that an issue? Yeah. There, there are labor laws that you can only be on set for, I think, six hours or some crazy thing. And they have to have schooling on set, tutors and all that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of laws like that. I mean, they're, you know, which is good. It's important. Otherwise, you know, you can mm-hmm. abuse people's time and stuff. Yeah. You know. I did have a question. I know with so little time, there was like the two parts where the, the style changed so differently. 
there was like the first the first half of the show was in one like one style and then the second half they like did the vignettes and the there was the coffee shop and they but it was oh, yeah, yeah, one yeah. season. Do you know yeah. what that was about? I've always wondered. Um hold on a second. I think they were just trying to find what combination of stuff worked best and trying to be um, cutting edge with everything and uh, relevant, you know, mm-hmm. and that was becoming a style in other shows where they'd cut away and you'd have a monologue like where Mary-Kate or Ashley would be in the, the lifeguard chair talking and, you know, reminiscing or inner monologue type stuff. Um, yeah, it's funny. So I have seasons because we basically... I think we did like 11 or 12 episodes and we had a couple months break and then we came back and did another like 10 or 11 episodes. But when they canceled it, what was crazy was now this isn't on them. This is like their people that run the business, the dual star productions. I had a feeling we were getting canceled, but we were supposed to come back to work like a week later. We're taking a little break. Something seems suspicious about it. And I, like yeah we got called here finally my manager called said okay the word is we're gonna know tomorrow morning oh great variety comes out on the front front of the variety Olsen twins pulled the plug on their show now that they're 18 and that's how we found out it wasn't like a call you know you give a lot and they give you a temporary pass i went to my parking space my name's already gone it's like it's tough you know it's just right on to the next thing because they need the space you know Oh, wow. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. They, you didn't even like get, you just found out because of the magazine. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. 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 Like, and then eventually, you know, the producers followed up and officially, you know, gave us a notification of cancel, cancellation or whatever. But, you know, you think you have this little family and, you know, it's not always like that. Like Caroline, the city, we're all still very close. Mm-hmm. Like we get together, we did a, reading of the pilot for a, a show in new york a couple months ago and um andy lauer comes to rhode island a couple times a year and does these on-camera acting workshops with me and we all work together in each other's projects from time to time and we would love nothing better than to get a reboot of that show because we got to be so it was like such a well-oiled machine which mm-hmm. is the chemistry on and off set was so good and it and it shows you know and it's it's magic and so that that is rare. I mean, most a lot of shows do like the way Olsen twi- the, the so little time got canceled. But that that starts more at the network. It's not a reaction to me. You know, it's out of their hands. So mm-hmm. were Mary Kate actually difficult to work with at all, or mm-hmm. were they pretty easy easy bosses? They were physically abusive. <laughs> they were verbally abusive. <laughs> <laughs> no they were great they were great they were fun yeah that's all they were really fun i've only ever gotten like praise that they were really professional and easy to work with they weren't divas or anything didn't request any weird things in their dressing rooms no i mean they they certainly no they certainly could have been but uh they just i think i think too they knew that they're turning 18 soon and they want to get out of acting for the most part and do their fashion and all the other stuff they had going on. So I think they were just going to, they were just enjoying themselves. Yeah. So you don't think they, you know, but it was weird. Like we made rappish and. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It cut out. 
so sometimes if they were there at the end of the day, they'd wrap and like they'd wrap the show and we're all hanging out, you know, saying our goodbyes or having a cocktail. And they were in the living room signing autographing scripts for their fans. So even when it was over, it wasn't over. They still had to, you know, take care of the fans and do all that stuff. And so like we had the easy part. I always say like for me, I love for two or three guy in a series. Because like, I don't, you know, you can do some press, you get some of the bells and whistles, but you don't have the pressure of making or breaking the show. Cause I'd probably break in. <laughs> so what, what has been your favorite like acting experience like through your whole career? Probably um, one of my favorite characters I got to do was um, I think it was Ellen DeGeneres' very last boyfriend before she came out. And I get to play this sickeningly sweet, nice guy who she keeps trying to break up with. But then I do something really nice so she puts it off. And it was a Christmas episode and her, I don't know, third or fourth season. But to work with Ellen, man, she was just so sharp, so good. And um, we came up with a lot of fun stuff together. And to, you know, to make someone like Ellen laugh, that you feel like you're doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. You know, she was great to work with. Yeah. And when did you start getting into painting? Because I love your paint. I looked at your website. I love I your art. Paint. Thank you. Like I said, my thank you. My dad was an artist and um, I grew up with art. And like I said, I was going to pursue it professionally when I was younger, but he kind of like put me off on it. So that's when I became an actor. But I would always I would always be sketching in my dressing rooms. I'd bring art supplies. In fact, it got to be where in Caroline said, you can't paint in your dressing room. You're getting paint in your wardrobe and I'm like mm -hmm. a messy painter. Um, even though I do very realistic or try to do realistic stuff, I, paint gets everywhere and whatever but so it's always been with me and um i just think around 12 years ago i got into my first gallery and started really pushing it because i knew that i would be immediately compared to my dad and he was just a phenomenal painter so i had to at least be good but I, I couldn't embarrass my dad's memory and then i sold a lot of paintings initially just because oh that guy's on tv let's buy a painting and then it was, oh, that's John Lutz's son. Let's buy a painting now before he gets too expensive. Because a lot of people say, oh, my God, I could have bought one of your dad's paintings for $200 back in the day. Now it's thousands of dollars or whatever. And, and then the past several years, you know, when I sold big paintings at one of my galleries, a couple of times they've been like, yeah, they just like the painting. They didn't know who you were. They didn't know about your dad. And that's like, to me, the best thing, you know, they just buy the art for the art's sake. That's awesome. I'm, that's cool. When did you move back to Rhode Island? Yeah. Two years ago. Okay. Were you living in LA before? Two years ago. It was just time. My son's in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. Just my low battery thing came up. I have 20%. Um, yeah. Oh, no. It's okay. If you need to plug it yeah, back okay. in, go ahead. Um, yeah. I, uh, I always wanted to come back here, but I always <laughs> thought, oh, when I'm old, I'll move back to Rhode Island. And I'm like... Well, let's see, I'm 56, I'm 58 now. And I go, well, yeah, it's time to go. And daughter's in Los Angeles still. My son's in Indiana going to school. And um, so I go out there now just basically to see them when he's home on vacation. I was just out there about uh, six weeks ago and saw them. That was great. But uh, I really, I mean, I, I have a lot of great memories of LA, but there was a lot about it that, you know, uh, just isn't in my soul. Like I resonate in New England. I'm a, I'm a New Englander and I love it here. And I go back for work, I, you know, so. 
And do you have any projects coming up, like acting projects? Or are you kind of just focusing on painting? Yeah, I, I kind of never know because things, I get offers like a couple times a year. And they're usually things that I'm interested in. And I'll do them. So I have a film called uh, Corked that is in the, um, it's doing all the film festivals right now. We shot that up in um, Northern California last year. And they're talking about doing another project. And I just, um, two years ago, shot a film called uh, As Long As I'm Famous with David Chokichi and Michael Pere, a couple other really fun actors. And that, uh, that just went to Amazon. Had a limited run and it's on Amazon and Netflix now. So I, I do these things, they, you know, they still know who I am. And every now and then I get an offer to go out and do something or we do something here. Ironically, uh, when I first moved here, I did a, a real Hollywood film that happened to shoot in Providence, Rhode Island the year before. So I got flown out to shoot this film here. And then by the time I moved here, I was already living here. And we had this big Hollywood premiere up at the Showcase Cinema. And it was just, it was like perfect timing. It was such a good message from God, the universe, that you're right where you need to be, you know. Oh, that's so great. I love synchronicities like that. I'm obsessed with like mm-hmm. when everything aligns perfectly and yeah. you know you're on the path oh, yeah. from the universe. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And your Rhode Island looks so pretty. I mean, you're, you're outside, the trees, the green, it looks so nice. Mm-hmm. It looks like a good place mm-hmm. to be in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, it's all going to be gold and red pretty soon. Oh, yes. The yeah. season's yeah. changing and everything. Do you think yeah. there will be a time where you just, like, devote all your time to painting and stop acting altogether? I pretty much do that now. I do pretty much do that now. I really, I, it's a career for me. So I paint 40 hours a week easily. Um, I wanted to get more painting done today, but luckily I sold a couple pieces and so I had to wrap them up and ship them out. And <laughs> nice. Then I was, I was coming back from the gym. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to dig into the easel. And then I got the reminder, like, oh, oh I, I got it. No, no, it's, it's all good. It's great. It's good because had I been like aware of it, I might've been a little more like, because I'm a nut about being prompt and everything. I might've been, less apt to go to the gym when I usually go, which is right before lunch. So, uh, so it's all good. It all works out. I'll just paint a little bit later tonight, you know? I love, I love that. painting. Yeah, I just actually, in quarantine, discovered that I like to paint. Great. I had no idea until Great. quarantine. Right, right. <laughs> I've been really into yeah. watercolors lately and portraits. It's a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Do you have any, like, advice for people who are – like actors or artists or anything, any words of wisdom? Yeah, I think, uh, and I, cause I do teach private classes and then I also teach at the University of Rhode Island from time to time. Um, I always tell my students, just keep showing up. Consistency will win, like you can be sporadic about it and have some success, but it, the prize goes to the person who keeps picking themselves up by the bootstraps and getting in there. Cause you know, there's a lot of rejection in acting and, uh, and in the arts in general. And if your passion is that you can't do anything else. You can't be stopped. I mean, I have horror stories about agents back in the day that were like, yeah, you're boring. You know, I'd be like, what? Yeah. I just, I never see you working like horrible things. Cut ahead like six years later. And I'm at some press conference in Hollywood and they come up to me. Oh my God. Hey, if you ever want to change agents, you know, I'd love to represent you. Really? I'm not boring anymore. What? what? Yeah. You said I was boring six years ago. You know, like, like those, those have been some really fun. And I've always been like, you know, and it usually ends pretty well. In fact, one guy just put his head down and he goes, you know what? 
I don't remember that, but I'm sure I was nasty because I was going through a lot back then and I was just an unhappy person. So I hope you can forgive me. I go, absolutely. Gave him a big hug and then he hands me his card. Here you go if you ever want to change agents. <laughs> but it can be devastating, especially when you're young, you're in your 20s and you're full of piss and vinegar and someone says you're boring. Oh my God. Uh, that would, yeah, that would tough. break my heart. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm an actor too, but mostly like theater and everything. And I just know I get so sensitive (laughs) to, to criticism, which is probably not a good trait in an actor. actor. Yeah. You just learn to toughen up. You just learn to roll with it. And you know, look, even there are people, you think of the best actor. And when I say actor, I mean, guy, girl, Mm -hmm. best actor you can think of. There's going to be people that just don't like them. So just Mm -hmm. go where you're loved. Don't worry about the people that don't like you. There's always going to be those fools. Let's go with the people that celebrate. Go where you're loved, you know? Yeah. Do you, um, did Mary-Kate and Ashley ever try and give you acting advice or anything? No. Because <laughs> I know they weren't the best Gosh. actors, and, you know, after yeah. the, they got to be teenagers, it seems like they just kind of checked out of yeah. acting yeah. and yeah. were focused more on the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's it's a uh, it's one of the rules, as you know, of etiquette. You never give another actor a note, and yeah. it's weird. So when you work with like big stars, and it turns out they're also a producer on a film or something, and they will give you notes, and it, it does feel weird because you're like, well, you're still another actor. Yeah, it's... yeah, but I'm James friggin' Gardner over here, and that we're doing a, a remake of the Rockford Files, my hit TV show. You're gonna do it the way I want it. Yes, sir. You know, it's fine. You right. You know, but Mary Kate and Ashley weren't like that. <laughs> no. that's good yeah that's that's good i'm glad that they they weren't trying to coach seasoned actors on their show that's good to know yeah yeah it's funny and and you forget like some of the people i've worked on on that show carolina city other shows like through the years they're kid actors and they grow up to be like shia labeouf you know i mean like oh crap that was the kid in that episode like you forget, you know, you don't yeah. realize sometimes. Who do yeah. you think your, your favorite person in your whole career was to work with? Who was like the most? Like, oh, Viola Davis, you- hands down. And look, no, if Leo happens to watch this, no offense, and she would agree with me. Viola <laughs> Davis is uh, a true uh, American royalty. She's awesome. And a fellow Rhode Islander, which is kind of cool. So we had that connection when I worked on our show. She just just nails it every time and then can step out of it and just be, just chill, you know? And she had me laughing a bunch of times on set in between takes. And, you know, it's a serious show. And she never, you never, you know, you don't want to go into a drama and be goofy, which is hard for, you know, comedic actor like myself. But uh, she had a way of just just a, a humor that kept it, easy in between shots because sometimes you work with people that get too serious and then it's like oh my god it's just so heavy you know and i i maintain that there's always levity to be found even in the most serious scripts mm-hmm. and sometimes i've gotten literally because the director only one that found any humor in this because it can't all be one line it can't all be oh my god you know mm-hmm. so so yeah viola davis that's awesome. Well, you've gotten to work with a lot of, obviously, like a wide variety of different yeah. like, actors in your career. So that's really cool. Yeah. Everyone from Viola yeah, Davis I mean, to the Olsen like twins. Who was on a sh- 
So the Olsen twins, quite the gamut. Yeah. Quite the gamut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm sorry, what were you saying? I will say, you know, so actor to actor, I mean, there are times when I've looked forward to working with a certain actor and then like they're a complete asshole. Like, excuse my French, but like, oh my <laughs> gosh, that sucks. Oh man. I had no <laughs> idea this person was such an idiot, like a, a mean person or unhappy or whatever, you know? And so, you know, that happens, but more often than not, you're like, oh, that was cool. I get to work with that person and they were really chill and, you know, kind of neat. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good anecdote to, to bring to the yeah. podcast. The, the, how sometimes the, the greatest actors can disappoint you in real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or, or just have like no personality. Like it's, it's funny, um, a lot of actors... And I kind of had a little bit of this going into it, like social anxiety. And I thought, oh, acting will help me overcome that. And then, like, you pretty much don't have any of that. Now I'm comfortable with myself. But I felt like I had, like, acting was safe. It could be all these different people and be gregarious and outgoing. And even when I would have to do press, I kind of had a facade on. And now I just, I, I don't have that. I don't have the need to, I'm happy with myself, you know? And, yeah. And, and that's, that's the best way. Ironically, I, I do my best work as an actor now. My, uh, my work is so much better because I'm not pushing anything. It's just I, I am. And, uh, and yet I don't, I'm not really pushing the acting anymore. You know? That's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure. So yeah. being older and more seasoned, you get just more comfortable in your, in your roles and in your performance. Yeah, yeah for sure. But, you know, I try to convey that to when I coach or teach younger people that, like, look, you're enough. It's a hard thing to get your head around, but you're interesting enough just being, especially, you know, on camera where as a stage actor, you want to act and you can't on film. You just have right. to be. And, uh, uh, and you're enough. Everybody's unique and everybody has something of interest to, to watch, them, you know. Uh, do you prefer acting for the camera or on stage? Uh, on stage. I like the paycheck of on camera, but I am a stage <laughs> actor and there's just, there's nothing better than live stage. And that's why sitcoms were a good uh, compromise because generally you shoot in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. um, you're all managed times, jokes out of them, and then you move on to the next scene. It's kind of, kind of ideal. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. The live studio audience yeah. aspect of sitcoms kind mm -hmm. of blending theater and film together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything before I let you go? I don't want to keep you too long. You're in beautiful nature. You have so much to paint. Yeah. <laughs> is there yeah. anything you'd like to plug or any Anything, like any last things you would like the listeners to know about you or your experience working with the Olsen twins or, or anything at um, all? You know, maybe just that my art website is ericlutzart.com. And, um, and that just, it's, it's just amazing how another synchronicity thing is that people come to art. I got commissioned to do a five foot by four foot painting of this research vessel for the university of rhode island uh bay campus called the research vessel endeavor and that was a huge project for me to do and from that i had other uh 
and pieces. And I'm, there's this group called Restore America's Estuaries. And every two years they do a big uh, summit. And this year they're doing it in Rhode Island. And every time they do it, they pick an area artist to represent the summit. So I did a painting of a of Latimer Reef Lighthouse. So they use it for all their signage. And next week they're going to have a, a virtual version of it, but where I'm going to give a talk about art. And I'm a senior fellow at the uh, Coastal Institute as well. So my art and uh, I get used as a spokesperson for them because I know how to take science and make it applicable to the common man. So I love to be involved in that. Most oh. uh, environment important to me. And so I'm, you know, happy to do That's that. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I love the, the, like your art, like I said, I've looked at your website and it's, it's really so beautiful. I loved the shells specifically. Thank you. <laughs> it's like very into Thank the you. shell artwork. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, it's funny. I drive a Jeep now. I just got a Jeep ragtop. And so for the wheel cover, I'm a, I've ordered a, a white canvas, plain canvas cover. And on top of that, I'm going to paint one of my shells. So one of my kind of iconic quahog shells to go on that. So that'll be, that'll be a fun thing. Oh, we'll that's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that. You have to showcase your art yeah. on your car, wherever you can. Be Absolutely. creative. Absolutely. Yep. 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 That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. It was so lovely talking to you, hearing you too. about Mary, like your experience and also who you are as a person. I, I just really love being able to take, you know, these iconic Mary Kate Nashley movie figures and TV figures and let people know that right. who they are and what they, they are passionate about yeah, as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a great interview. You asked a lot of good questions. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I really appreciate it. Enjoy the beautiful nature of Rhode Island. Thank you. I'm so jealous of all that green. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye.